Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by WitchSchool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. And hello, this is Reverend Don Lewis coming to you from beautiful St. Louis. And this is the Corellian Family Hour. And momentarily, we should be joined by Reverend Laurie Blackman. And we are both in St. Louis for the 26th annual St. Louis Pagan Picnic, uh, which begins tomorrow. Uh, but some, some activities around the picnic began already today, and we only just barely made it back to be on the radio. Uh, but we're very happy to be here. And tonight, we thought we would talk about last weekend uh, and maybe a little bit about this coming weekend. Uh, last weekend, I had the great pleasure of being at the Heartland Pagan Festival at the Gaia Retreat Center, uh, which was a wonderful, wonderful time. And um, like I said, I thought we would, would talk a little bit about that. And uh, for those who are not familiar with it, the uh, Gaia Retreat Center is uh, a beautiful wooded area um, which is used for festivals. And uh, the Gaia Retreat Center uh, has been there for, um, I, want, I want to say about 20 years. Uh, I did an interview with the founders, uh, which will be coming to Magic TV soon, and we talked about exactly what year it started in and the, the trials and tribulations and blessings and good things and bad things that have happened. Um, but that will be showing up on Magic TV along with interviews with some of the people who were at the festival. Uh, like many festivals, uh, filming is um, um, it, it's it's not uh, a public place like the picnic. So filming has to be done with with specific permissions more so than than other places. Uh, so we only interviewed a few people, but we had a good time. It was a wonderful festival. Um, beautiful bonfires, although it was it was very warm during the day, but very nice at night and. Um, it was a lot of fun. And do, do awesome. I hear? Uh, yes. I am yes, here. Yes, it was awesome. And, and how are you this week? Hot and tired. <laughs> I'm looking forward to tomorrow. I'm very excited. Yes, indeed. Um, and today you, okay. you uh, presided over a hand fasting. Yes, we everyone went to a hand fasting with me today. When I say everyone, I mean Lord Don and Bonnie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the hand fasting was for one of my best friends out here in Missouri, Reverend Thomas Paul Wolf, and his fiance Gretchen Moore. It was very hot, but it was very lovely. It was very nice. It was. It, was, it, it turned out very nice, and we did that after setting up um, our booth for the Witch School. Um, we did do a little short live video earlier this mm-hmm. afternoon. And we're looking forward to tomorrow and seeing everybody and getting some more interviews. So everybody, you know, look for interviews. We're going to try and go live. 
without electric in the park. You know, as Lord Don was saying with the other festival, it's hard to do certain things. But we will definitely yeah. have a video coming afterwards from Magic TV. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it, it yes, was it very Heartland, even, even phone reception was very difficult. That's what I was going to ask you. So was it the only thing that you Is were it, really able to do was video? Yes. Uh, we had been planning to do a broadcast last Friday night from Heartland, but it was completely impossible. It is just um it's too remote for the for the phone. And I mean that's part of part of the idea of a festival. Um but it does make things like, like live radio difficult. Oh, um, okay. So I thought you did do the radio last week. So it was not No, it's the last minute we have to had to do something else. Oh because okay. we just found that it, it did not it did not work. Um, wow. so Camp Gaia is a beautiful retreat, um, and it was a wonderful festival. Very, very nice people. One, one of the things I remarked to uh, to Jackie, who is one of the coordinators, is that you can really tell that they've put this festival together with a lot of love. So wow. it really reflected that very strongly. And. Not, I mean, every festival, the people who do it love what they're doing, but some of them, some of them, it reflects more than others, because each one has its own personality. But this had a very personal, very, um, very loving quality to it that I, I thought was very, very much in evidence, even even compared wow. to other festivals where, I mean, people love what they've created. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure that all festivals are put together with love. But I was really imp- I was really struck by it at this one. Was this your first time attending here? Yes, yes, I've never been to Heartland before. Oh, wonderful! Now Edward had, and Edward was um, the featured speaker for this festival, which is how I part of how I came to go. Um, and in fact, one of his presentations you can see now on Magic TV. Uh, the other one is coming. Uh, there are also interviews with Brian Henke. Uh, we, we filmed a concert with Brian Henke, which also featured uh, Alexander James Adams. And I believe we're going to be playing some music from both of them this evening. Oh, uh, we had a wonderful time palling around with, um, with Brian and Byron Ballard, which was uh, most enjoyable. Um, Our, so she's actually from North Carolina. She is the Asheville... Village Witch, we absolutely love mm-hmm. that she comes on the show. So I'm looking forward yes, to being here tomorrow. Um, I did have some. Really we we basically issues. were sharing a cabin, so it was a lot of fun. That had to be a lot of fun. You had a, a nice crew of people with you. Yeah, and um, Brian and uh, Alexander were practicing several of the evenings in, in the next room, which was very nice. So we kind of got a little mini concert. It was very, very good. Wow. That had to be nice. So you, you, you got to hear everything firsthand before it was played. Yes. And, uh, and we got to uh, listen and we did some filming of their working out the, um, the orchestration and so forth. 
And then uh, I got to meet Dr. Eric Scott. And um, the facilitator had a great time referring to him as Dr. Scott. And <laughs> took everything in my, in my power not to call him Dr. Fon Scott. But uh, <laughs> but he was a very nice man, and he um, he was speaking uh, about uh, the idea of pilgrimage in in religion and particularly in paganism, and how festivals for many people are a kind of pilgrimage. Which you know I don't think I would have um, have thought of it that way, but he's absolutely right. People people make effect, effectively pilgrimages to certain festivals year after year as a religious experience. And it's very cool. That is cool. So did um, Alexander sing Sword and Staff? Um, I I suspect that he did, but I was not able to to go to his concert. Uh, I'm not sure why now, but um, in the concert where he was playing with Brian now, but I think in his own, he probably did. Oh, so they each had their own slot. Yeah. They each had their own concert, and they each played with the other. Were you able to get a lot of the workshop videos? Uh, no, I don't think I think Edward's workshops are the only ones we got. But we did oh, talk okay. to um, – we talked for, for – we have a good hour-long interview with the founders – uh, and we have quite a bit of, of footage with um, with Brian and with Alexander, and we also talked to a number of people who um, were either part of the administration or were vending or otherwise at the event. So it Wonderful. should give people a good feeling for, for what it was like. That's fantastic. Um, I apparently didn't get to attend with all of you, I went mm-hmm. to Jacksonville, and we spent the weekend moving Chosen Path Church to its new temple, which is absolutely beautiful. Yay. It was wonderful. Aren't the and colors nice? The colors the are amazing. A talented person chose those. <laughs> I heard a very talented man chose the colors, and it was very scary for a certain person that only does cream. <laughs> Lori does have a limited a limited color background. Uh, she tells the story of how she grew up as a military child, living in basically white houses. The insides were all were all white, um, which was not a, not not uncommon for uh, for temporary housing. And so, brightly colored interiors seem very alien to her because it's very different from what she she was raised with. Whereas my family. Uh, we're very colorful in, in the in our house. Um, at different times, the living room was electric blue, Aztec gold. Um, the kitchen was orange. Um, avocado green was was in at one point. Um, I so I'm used they to high, highly colored green. interiors. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just when it was, when, when, when avocado green was the big thing. You could get your whole kitchen in avocado green if you wanted, or your bathroom. Yep, I remember that. And then a few years later, <laughs> it was terribly dated. It um, didn't last long, I remember that. And then everybody went to that, that weird color pink. Yeah, yeah, there, there had been a thing for 
a, a certain shade of pink. I'm not quite sure what the name for it is, but it was a very particular pink. Um, well, but anyway, at the temple, we, mm-hmm. we chose a nice muted greens, um, a, a lovely blue, kind of a blue-gray for, the, for the, the necessary room, and a very vibrant lavender for the, the initiation room. I think and that at least initially. <laughs> yes. When when you see that lavender through through the little window in the wall from the green room, it's very. Uh, I think that's strobe-like. that's what makes it, it it stands out. I love that you did the double shades of green. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, the 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 kitchenette is a is just the next shade darker from the main room and you can see it from the main room and so it um it creates it makes it seem a little bit more recessed a little bit larger in some ways it's very cool we had fun nice and there was a there were so many people there helping paint that most of us were in the way <laughs> and uh tried just not not to trip everybody up yes i heard there was some mix up with the second coat of the wrong color there was a little bit of that, but that got straightened out quickly. <laughs> Everything got painted in just one day. And that, that's quite, amazing. Um, There's so many, you know. So let me explain to you, everyone. It's not just one big room. It's several rooms that all connect. And I yes. have to say, you, you've had some very talented carpenters with you because nothing bled through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The cuts, and it, it, it's just perfect. So we got most of the furniture moved in, and all the storage is set up beautifully. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a wonderful Yay. evening. Um, our evening went down to a park where um, ATC with Belladonna and Dusty did a demeanor ritual mm-hmm. for their World Love Tour, and it was absolutely amazing. Um they also performed the same rituals a few weeks before at Lustration. So they've been traveling since April 22nd from yep. Washington throughout the entire United States. I think they have just about hit almost every state. And we get to see them again this weekend. Yes, indeed. Yes. And then I, I will see them. Again, the following weekend at the Three Gates Festival. Yes. It's very cool. That is very cool. Um, they're, they're, they're a bit tired. They've been mm-hmm. on the road for over two months now. And, and yeah. she, I, I guess it has to be exhausting, constantly channeling the goddess. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, it, it is and, and, and it isn't because... It can be exhausting, but it can also be very energizing. Yes. Okay. It's, uh, it's interesting, and it can be both at the same time, too, which is slightly maddening when that happens. <laughs> because you're exhausted but highly energized. Right. You know your body's tired, your mind is tired, but yet you can't stop the jittering. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to spend it with Honey Bear. Yay. So uh, I, I'm yes. 
I'm interested in Ed's workshops. I didn't get to watch Magic TV because we were on the road yesterday traveling yeah. down here to meet up with you. Um, what what workshops did Ed do? Uh, the two that we, the the two that we filmed were Think Like a Pagan Future Tense and Cyber Ministry, but they both talk about how um, you know, the the ways in which as canon should relate to the world around us and also to technology. And oh. uh, Cyber Ministry particularly focused on technology, but they both did. And um, I don't want to give too much of the talk away, but. Um, one of the things he was talking about is how often uh, pagans will have oracular guidance to do something and not pay attention <laughs> and how we really ought to do so more than we sometimes do. Right. Um, but also the developments in technology. And, for example, uh, there is now um, a theory that technium is um, its own life form. Um, oh. Or developing life form, and he he talks about that much better than than I could explain it, but it's well worth right. looking at. And uh, he talks about different technological innovations that um, have affected us through the years, or or are about to affect. One of the things he talked about is what's happening with honey, and that it would be wise for people who, uh, well, for pagans in general, to consider investing in honey because of all that's happening with the bees. Right. And honey is, as, the bee, as bees become less common, honey is becoming more expensive. Um, honey has gone up. Yes. But he was saying that um, within a few years, you might, see, you might see people having honey cellars the way that they have wine cellars. Oh. And he, he talked about, for example, how you might have honey made with uh, flowers that are no no longer no longer uh, growing because they become extinct. Well, that's um, interesting. So I, so I, I learned something about honey not too long ago, and actually, mm-hmm. our station manager Pam um, confirmed it and, and educated me a bit on it. My husband works for um, he's IT, but he does he works for a farm company, so he brings mm-hmm. home honey, and I'm like why would you bring home so much? I can never eat it before the expiration date. And he's like, honey doesn't expire. They no, have to put it on there. The FDA makes you. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't believe you. So I was having a conversation about a day later with Pam Kelly. And she's like, no, did you mm-hmm. not remember they found in a tomb 10,000-year-old yeah, honey? In Egypt. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no. And but when I got off the phone with her, I went and looked it up, and I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. Never knew that. No, it can, it can. Actually, actually, it could last. I think. I think. I, I don't know how long it could last, but it has remained good in some cases for thousands of years. Wow. Um, I don't know if it remained liquid. But but it's easy enough to reliquify it if it crystallizes. That's, that's basically awesome. put it in a microwave for a minute. <laughs> wow! But um, and it it used to be really important in medicine in an earlier era uh, because of its. Um, I want to say, I want to say it, it's um, 
It was good for treating wounds because it would stop infections. Oh. Or help help to prevent them. Oh, that's cool. I, uh, yeah, it has um, it has some very special qualities. And I'm not a honey expert, so I don't remember all the right terms for it. But honey is a very remarkable thing. Yes. And well, um, I know that we use it for allergies because you know the bees pollinate it in your area. So if mm-hmm. you have a lot of allergies. You know, a tablespoon of honey a day is supposed to really help you with that. Mm -hmm. It's like a desensitizing shot, but less painful. Mm -hmm. So uh, I have to come in because you guys are talking about Go ahead, good. I I was waiting for you to come in (laughs) because you're the one that taught me. Hey, hey. Um, you You were thinking antiseptic. It's got an antiseptic. That's what I was thinking of. Yes, that was it. Okay. Right, I and it also helps. That now. It preserves uh, foods too. It it can't go mm-hmm. it can't go bad. It also can preserve foods, which is why you you have honeyed fruits and stuff like that. Um, oh, so that I did not know. Preservative, and it also, like you mentioned, cannot is not supposed to be able to go bad unless it's. I would guess unless it's. Uh, got some contamination i don't think it can go bad yeah um and the the when you take the honey some people don't believe in it other people swear by it but it's it's immunotherapy like what you were saying uh lord don without the shots Mm. because if you use local honey and it's got to be local and if you can make sure it's not pasteurized so it doesn't kill the local pollen it's got to be local honey, yeah. and it should be raw honey, and that way you get right. the, the stuff from the area. So, it's it, honey is 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 uh, it's a very magical gift from bees, and mm-hmm. you know bees do so yeah. much, not just giving us honey, but um, with what they do for pollination, we. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's what I think a lot of people don't realize, like Ed was saying, you know, without the bees, there, there's so much. So um, recently, my best friend Bonnie, her husband started uh, beekeeping. Mm-hmm. So he's going to school actually to learn how to do everything and how to keep it up. Um, Pam, do you remember about a year ago or so, we have a bee farm that was horribly vandalized. And I think yeah, I that, that the woman had 67 hives, and it was almost like 5 million bees. She was able to wow. salvage, uh, I think, out of all of the hives, six of them and only 100,000 of her bees. So they, they wow. that, that that's devastating for it. So to hear something yeah. you know, new just out of nowhere, oh, I'm going to take it up and – it's a great thing. It's something that we need. I, I um, know that at one of our other hosts here, uh, Megan, Maggie the Green, Green that does the um, Petals and Potions on alternating Wednesdays, alternating mm-hmm. on one Wednesday, she, she and her daughter, uh, Daphne, are on the other. And Megan's always wanted to have an apiary, you know, if you want the, the the term for it, a, a beehive, an apiary. Um, oh, awesome. Of her own. And, you know, she and I talk about bee stuff. And I've always, 
I've always wanted one as well, but I I think that I might be allergic, and so right. I'm kind Ooh. of afraid of having one of my own. But uh, my name Pamela. Depending on who you talk to, the meaning of of Pamela varies. <laughs> and one of the <laughs> meanings of Pamela, one of the meanings of Pamela takes the Greek and the Roman or the Latin and uh, puts it together mm. and makes the, makes the meaning Pam as in Pan as in all. Uh, and then Mela, Mela, which is honey. So, which is uh, ah. Pam Mela. But that's, it's nice. It's a nice story. It's not actually where the name comes from, but I like saying it anyhow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's cool, though. Well, actually, it, it could be where the name comes from. Actually, I, I, I misspoke. Pamela would be all all Greek. Uh, the Latin would be beloved elf, because Ella, any of the Ella names or Ellen names, including Elvis, uh, are all elf Really? So, I didn't know that. Yes. And so beloved elf would be the Latin name. And I say that's, I, I kind of forgot, got off track with, with how I like to say it. All honey, uh, all honey is, is Greek. Beloved elf is Latin. I like to put the two together and say honey elf. So that's there you go. Cool. Very cool. <laughs> it actually was a, a name they made up, the, a, a, an author made up in the 17, uh, 1700s for a book uh, called Pamela or Virtue Rewarded. And it was a, a big fad. Yeah, it was a, um, I it was like a book, fad. I know the I didn't realize the name started there. Yeah, it, it was hugely uh, was it popular. Huge. It was, it, they had Pamela linen patterns, Pamela china patterns. It was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there today it would be... Yeah, I you'd have to tell me about the parodies. It's called Pamela or Virtue Rewarded about a, a maid that works for a, a a landowner and he the son makes advances on her and she she rebuffs and then he takes advantage of her and leaves her. Doesn't he leave her in a family way yeah. and then he realizes he realizes his mistake and comes to love her and she is now the mistress of the manor. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> have, have you ever heard of the novel Joseph Andrews by Henry Fielding? I've it's, heard of um, Henry Fielding, but I don't know that one, no. Joseph Andrews no. is considered one of his, his greater works and it was a I don't know if you'd call it a parody of Pamela or not. Uh, she's actually a character in the novel which tells you oh. how much copyright law has changed over, over the centuries. Um, mm-hmm. But it's the story of her brother, whose name is Joseph, and goes through the same kinds of adventures with the genders reversed. So oh, the lady of the manor is trying to... Uh, in the 70s, they made a movie of this called, called Joseph Andrews um, with uh, Anne Margaret as the, the lady of the manor, Lady Booby. And, um, <laughs> that's funny it's, a, it's actually if if you like the uh, this kind of novel it's a great movie I, I really enjoyed it um, very complex very comic very interesting the original novel Pamela is not comic but it is very complex 
because in those days they had a lot more time for reading. And so the novels are longer and, and uh, tend to wander a lot oh, yeah. more. Wow. I, uh, but, yeah, it's, um, it was a huge thing. Huge. I mean, by today's standards, it would be like going to a store and seeing Hannah Montana everywhere or, you know, put oh, put right. yeah. yeah, it was it was big. But um, and it was the first where, of its kind. That's what I heard. And and it's Very well, cool. that's pretty cool to have a name after that. <laughs> I I love I learning that name. <laughs> I, you know cool. what? I'm going to go ahead and, and say, uh, you know, I'm going to lead us into the first song because we're talking about names. Very good. What's in a name, huh? What's in a name? A Heather Adams to one person would be, uh, sorry, a Heather Alexander to one person would be an Alexander James Adams to another. Heather Alexander is a name that the person we now know as Alex, Alexander James Adams performed in for about 25 years. In 2006, wow. she did her last performance. In 2007, uh, Alexander James Adams made his debut. And Heather Alexander has gone to live with the fairies now. Now, one of the things that, and, and I know I played this for you, uh, Lori, in the past, but I don't think you remember it because you yeah. were saying sword, uh, sword and staff. Um, one of the things that makes this song that, I, that we're going to play uh, so amazing to me is that it's a duet with Heather Alexander and Alexander James Adams. Oh, I remember it. Oh, how cool. Yes, Yes. I remember (laughs) it now. We had the conversation. Yes, I do remember it now. Okay. Awesome. Alec is an amazing, an amazing person. I I love him. I call him, uh, I call him my, uh, my spy in the house of boys. Um, He's, he's been, (laughs) he's been on. (laughs) He's been uh, on the network Wait, we have a, five a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, see, since he's transitioned, cool. he's been able. You know, he tells right. me. Uh, he tells me. You know, we're both Scorpios, so <laughs> so uh, he tells me some of the, the secret boy stuff that that because uh, he has the, the insight, you know, now of living uh, living you know, as himself. Uh, right. But it's, it's, he's, he's a very interesting and talented person. Um, he um, also has played with Tricky Pixie. He's part of Tricky Pixie with S.J. Tucker and Betsy Tinney. So, um, oh, so you can find I didn't realize. Yeah, see, he's, cool. I, I, I've asked him before. He's a, he's a, a fiddler and not a violinist. And you'll have to, um, next time you run into him, you'll have to ask him the difference between a fiddler and a violinist. He'll explain it to you. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> but if you're ready, yeah. <laughs> if you're ready, I can go ahead Very and play uh, the song. It's, awesome. it's an amazing song, and it's a great song for people to play with uh, anyone. If you have somebody in your family that doesn't quite understand, uh, and we lost Lori, she'll probably be right back. Uh, but it's a great song to play for people who might have an issue with a family member who doesn't quite understand our ways. And, um, and it's, I'm good. I'm just going to play it now. Sword and staff. Uh, this is Alexander James Adams and Heather Alexander on Pagan Tonight Radio Network.
circlet of the sacred thorn. The rising of the sun reborn. A sacrifice for all mankind. A tree with root and branch entwined. God will grant his blessing still, though we call her what we will. We can name it whatsoever. A spell is nothing. Thank you. 
that is Heather Alexander and Alexander James Adams, Sword and Staff. And I, I hope, uh, I, I love that song. Um, uh, Alexander James Adams is also known as the fairy tale minstrel. Uh, I think you can find out more about where he will be uh, at fairytaleminstrel.com. It's spelled, it's spelled uh, F-A-E-R-I-E, tale minstrel. But the fairy is F A E R I E T A E. Stroll dot com. Uh, yeah, he's cool. he's, he's a, a fun person to chat with. Um, I just realized yeah. too that you know uh, this is June, which is Pride Month. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's true. Kind of a you know a, a tip to also celebrating LGBTQ and A and I don't want to disrespect anyone by leaving any <laughs> any letter or, right. or anyone off there, but I, I I'll have to be honest. I'm having a hard time keeping up with all the different letters, so and I'm not trying to disrespect anyone. So, awesome. well, I, I but, heard it uh, put an interesting way recently. Uh, I think it was LGBT plus, right? Um, because there are so many so so many changing letters at present. Right. Uh, and and each of the letters depending on with. you know you know, some people will say Q stands for queer, some people will say it stands for questioning. Uh mm-hmm. so so I think it's what what it means most to to you. Um and yeah. to try to understand that, you know, depending on who you talk to like A I've heard um of asexual ace and I just heard a new yeah. one today that I didn't know is aromantic. Oh, so, okay. I haven't heard that one either. That's, that's a new one for Very me. Very cool. <laughs> but there you go. Alexander James Adams. I, I was like uh, speaking with Liz uh, Hamilton when she was heading there uh, to Heartland last week. I'm like, oh, you got to say hi to Alex, Alex for me. And you got to say hi to Brian Hankey. got to say hi to Byron. I tried to see if I could get Byron on the show tonight and she's still traveling to the picnic, but um, she said that she will be on in the future. So we'll reach awesome. out. To Very good. We love having Byron on. She is so much fun. Um, I can only did... imagine what it was like with her in the, the cabin. <laughs> That's what we were talking about. That had she's to be a so lovely cool. person. She really is. Uh, when she's down at Pigeon but we were Pine, united in our oh. mutual distaste for Ronald Hutton. <laughs> <laughs> I I have my copy of Triumph That's of the cool. Moon that I've tried to read. I have not finished it, so I I, I but he refers to one of my cousins five times in that book without ever using their name. He had to have known the name, which was Lydia Beckett. Um, That's funny. I've I've always thought it, it said a lot that he did not use the name, because that way nobody can go out and and um, make up their own mind for Ooh. whether he was right or not. Ooh, yeah, that's true. Wow. But, I did uh, not know that. Well, num- that, well Hutton has a has a lot of critics. And is notorious for not answering the things they bring up, and that's the one that I would bring up. 
I don't think you can know that much about Lydia Beckett and not have known the name. So why 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 not use it? But um, right. But that's a different show. <laughs> <laughs> Sometime when we, we want to be controversial, we can do that one. <laughs> we reach out to see if we can get Hutton on the show. We we could see if we can have him come on. <laughs> why didn't you use? That would that would be interesting. Oh, controversy. There was a controversial show I was thinking about having. There's, I think we need to stir it up some. Um, oh, I find I, that I, interesting I, when we do that. I think we do. But, but the, well, the it's pagan not like controversy is any stranger to contemporary society. Right. Or to, or to paganism or Wicca or whatever name that we want to call ourselves or yourself or myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The controversy on what we're going to call ourselves. Yeah, this That's a subject that's been coming up with me a lot lately, the identity wars of the 90s and early 2000s and the, the tremendous damage that they did. And it they seems did. like the community is coming back together again, and we, I think we desperately need to avoid making that mistake again. I um, think the, the thing that might unite us in my opinion, is mm-hmm. the people trying to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Appropriate. Destroy our, us? Our oh. past. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the, the, yeah. the, the heathen, there's heathens, but then there's the white supremacists that are trying to, to right. you know, yeah. slink their way into 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 our beliefs, uh, co-opt uh, and, and appropriate you know, especially the the northern mm. the the northern uh, heathen um, path. I made the mistake of of calling uh, Galena uh, Galena Kraskova, who had a show on uh, Pagans Tonight. Yeah. I I had her as my guest on on my show, uh, and I kept calling her an Odinist, and she said no, an Odinist is usually a white supremacist, and I'm like I did not know okay. that because I know she's a devotee to Odin. You know, she's very passionate yeah. about being devoted to Odin. See, now I didn't but, realize that there was a that there was a difference between, or that one there was. Is. Consi- um, okay. The, the the Odinists were a big movement in the early 20th century. Um, among other things that they left behind is the use of the term Ode for what we would call psychic energy. Okay. Um, mm. And they're still there as a kind of, I guess we'd say, Northern European paganism. Uh, but yes, mm-hmm. they were much more closely identified with that, that racial, racialism, which was very big in the early 20th century. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, I, watched, I rewatched The Mummy recently, and The Mummy is one of my favorite metaphysical slash horror films. And one of the reasons is that it's one in my opinion, one of the most spiritually accurate ones and one of the few which has no real reference to the Christian world at all. It's entirely pagan uh, within the context of ancient Egyptian religion. Uh, but so in rewatching it, I also realized the 1932. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 
in rewatching it, I realized that, that, that there was a little bit of that racialism in there, too, which I didn't realize before because I don't think I had the context for it in the same way that I do now that this thing is resurgent. It's not, not a lot and not all that terrible by comparison to what it could be, but it reminds you that in the 1930s, that was a big thing. Um, yeah. And interestingly, it, within the context of the film The Mummy, which has characters who are Egyptian and characters who are European, that only shows up with the Europeans. Um, the attitude is not echoed through by the Egyptian characters, which I think must be an accident, but if not, it's very sophisticated. <laughs> I, I would say it's probably an accident because, you know, I'm, I'm half, um, half Turkish and I don't mm-hmm. know uh, uh, as much as I would like to know but I do know that there was a lot of um, – I'm, I'm trying to figure out the right way. It, you know, we have, like, white supremacists and that racial purity mm-hmm. stuff that we're experiencing mm-hmm. now, but it's not new, and it's not only for uh, for white Europeans. Um, there true. was a lot of that with, with uh, within the Ottoman-Turkish uh, empire as yeah. well. So. Well, and there, there and, were a number of genocides, uh, the Armenians in particular. Um, yeah. <laughs> but also, if you look at Asia in, in the 1920s and 30s, it was a big thing there, too. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's um, one of the things, too. When you and I get into these these conversations that go into, like, the political <laughs> without trying to be. Because, you know, what's going on with North Korea right now? Everyone's acting like North Korea and, and China are, like, buddy-buddy, but there's centuries of animosity between Korea oh, yeah. and China. It's, it's you know not what a I miss? buddy-buddy thing. What? You, what I miss about living in Chicago was the Korean television channel. Oh. Um, <laughs> there, there, there were all kinds of different ethnic channels in um, Chicago when I lived there, and some of them were only on for, for one or two days a week and shared with other, other ethnicities. There was a Hindu channel that would have Hindu religious epics uh, that would show. Oh. That, that was fascinating. And the Korean channel, which was on weekdays, um, had these historical soap operas in Korean and beautiful production values. And I learned a lot about Korean history watching those. It, w- it was really very interesting. Um, I think, I think, I think it would be a wonderful way to to teach history through the dramatization of history because I think what happens a lot. Well, one one I think what happens is a lot of teachers who teach history don't actually know history and they're going by the book themselves. Yeah. But the other thing is history is often taught in terms of dates and and um, and dry facts rather than yeah. the personalities. But if you give people something to attach to, they will remember what happened in a much stronger way. And historical pe- personages are just as, fasc- just as fascinating as people today, sometimes more so, because they're crazier. Well, no, I can't say that anymore. <laughs> After the last couple of years, I can't say anyone was crazier. But um, They often were able to go farther in pursuing their craziness than contemporary people are. Um, this is true. But it's like um, 
if you if you study the Renaissance through Henry VIII and the Borgias, you'll remember it much better than if you study it through dates. Oh yeah. Mm. Speaking of which, I, I saw a Borgia movie recently called The Conjuring. Okay. About the it was about the election of Pope Pius II. And um, one of the characters was the future Pope Alexander VI, who was the Borgia Pope, yeah. or the, the principal Borgia Pope. Um, Did you say the first one? or um, Alexander VI was the, was the second Borgia Pope. And in the, uh, in the movie, it started with the death of, of his uncle, who was the first Borgia Pope. Um, but uh, it was very interesting. Not entirely historically accurate, but interesting, and definitely approached it through personalities. Um, well, there's a, a, figure, a series of the Borgias. I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think that it's I think very this movie was connected accurate. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, that's, what, that's what I was often, talking about at dinner, too. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the downside is that often they sensationalize things more than they actually were. Um, and plus, history doesn't always agree. One historian will say one thing, another will say another thing. But still, I think if you approach it through relatable personalities, you'll, you'll get a lot more traction with people. Hmm. Um, which is why I love The Lion in Winter. <laughs> I love, I, oh, I love that film. The original. That's it, not, um, I haven't seen the one with Stewart and Close. I would like to see it, but the one with uh, I, oh uh, man. I think I saw part of it once. And although they're they're wonderful actors, it's hard to beat Peter O'Toole and Catherine Hepburn. Well, and that, you and, know, and that was she, she, her her Eleanor that. was so. <laughs> she she she, she, she chewed up the scenery of that film entirely. But in, oh, in yeah. such a splendid well, that, way. That was the first movie for uh, for Timothy Dalton and Anthony Sir Anthony Hopkins too. And yeah, you know one of the one of the I don't know if it was the first one for Nigel Terry, but you don't really. There's, there's only two movies I know Nigel Terry from is that and Excalibur. <laughs> yeah, <Yes. know>, John. <laughs> so I um, yeah, that's a and. You know, it's it's nice to watch those two because one of the things that I like that 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 draws me to well, I won't say it draws me to paganism. The one thing that that I know that resonates me, with me, I guess, is the best way to say it is is watching some of those older things, like what you were saying with the mummy, uh, and seeing yeah. the the you know the pagan uh, because Christmas, you know, blind and winter takes place at Christmas. And Christmas mm-hmm. that we celebrate, uh, you know, as a however you want to look at it as a um, as a secular holiday or or whatever, but the secular Christmas that we celebrate in our culture is is German and came from you know uh, Victoria and right. Dickens. Mm-hmm. Very new. Yeah, Dickens had a lot to do with it. People don't realize now. The novel *A Christmas Carol* really, uh, really hit hard in England at the time and caused a lot of revival of the idea of Christmas as a major holiday. Mm. 
um, and Queen Victoria at same at the same general time celebrating it in German fashion with her husband. It um, totally revolutionized how how British people looked at that ceremony. It's not that they'd stopped and celebrating that- exactly, but it wasn't the big thing it became. Wow. Right. We we and got out, I mean, away during the revolution, the they had outlawed it. Yes. Mm, yes, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, we got to find a way to get back to the pictures. <laughs> Woo! That was a, a fun trail of breadcrumbs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now this is the twenty sixth. The twenty sixth. I believe so. Yes. Yep. Wow. Amazing. Um, it is really. It's, that something um, has gone on, and it, it, it's you know there there are a lot of fairs like you were saying the Gaia one that you went um, they're what in their twentieth year. Um, I knew I knew what year it was, but it's it's in that range twenty or over mm-hmm. I think. Right, and um, we have. Um, uh, the Pan Pagan Festival, which is well over thirty years old now. Wow. I don't remember exactly what the what the second number would be at this point, but it's well over thirty. But uh, one of the interesting things about the, the St. Louis Pagan Picnic is that it has changed administration several times and continued going forward. Right. Uh, I think usually there are some of the same people involved, but. Um, it was run at one point by something called Cast. Uh, it was run by Yarrow Coven. It's now being run by uh, another organization, um, and yet it keeps on going. And you know, it, it's quite something to be able to change administration that way and keep going. It, it's a special skill. And and although somebody else has taken over. Everything's staying the same. Yes. And, and um, that's what's amazing about it. And it's a wonderful, friendly, accessible festival in a park. Yes. And um, it's it, it's two days long. It's not, not like a camping festival, although people do actually to some extent. Um, some some of the participants do kind of camp in the park. Um but not a great deal, but right. uh, it's mostly, um, it's just a two day festival that you come to. So you don't have to make the week or two week commitment, uh, but you've got a similar experience. It's a very, um, very mm-hmm. happy, very um, deep experience. Yeah. All kinds of music, all kinds of vendors, all kinds of people, all kinds of workshops, and although I can't say there are never any problems, you hardly ever see any problems. Right. Because, um, I mean, all communities have their problems, but they handle things very well here. And and it's been a few times for me coming, and I have seen some of the different issues, and I, I have to say they do handle it well. They do. Um And it's interesting to see the changing personalities. Um, um, because people do come and go as, as they do, 
and uh, to see the new, the new people who have never been there before is always interesting. Right. Um, and this is right in the middle of Tower Grove Park in downtown St. Louis, but you'll see people come in fairy costumes and um, there, there is um, generally a, a, um, a LARPing group that, that has a foreman's uh, at the picnic where the, where they are doing uh, live action role play fighting with their their uh, styrofoam swords and so forth, which is very cool. And, yes. Um, and all kinds like of dogs number, walking back and forth. Yes, they they do several different charities. Um, mm. And it's not always the same one every year. They they do go through the community, and pick one one for dogs, one for cats, and they'll do one for the homeless, one for the food bank. It, it, that's a great thing it, by itself. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. number of yeah, workshops, really I mean, people say workshops, and I don't think that they really understand how many are actually going on throughout the course of a day. You have four tents, the elemental tents, and I think it's from noon till five, so you have four hours, mm-hmm. That's four workshops an hour. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. There are a lot of workshops. So it's it's really a wonderful event to come out to. And uh, we've been coming to this event, which which school has been coming to this event, close to 20 years. That's amazing. Um, Especially when you consider which school... (laughs) Um, is only 17 years old, but before that, we were the Daily Spell. Right. And we've been coming for a long, long time. I couldn't tell you the exact number of years, but it's in that range. That's fantastic. And um, we've been doing video from the St. Louis picnic since, I want to say, 2005, so 13 years, Mm -hmm. which is longer than it sounds like. It is. And a lot of the videos uh, then were live. They weren't just interviews. Um, You actually were walking down Vendor's Row or or Author's Row and stopping just in the middle and, hi, how are you, and blah, blah, blah. And Mm -hmm. there's tons of that And if you want to see those, you can go to magictv.com. M-A-G-I-C-K-T-V dot com. And there's a playlist of all our videos from the St. Louis picnic. And um, Are they dated by year or number? Uh, they're in order. Oh. Um, I don't remember now if it's the most recent to the oldest or the oldest to the most recent. But um, okay. I, I think that the first one would be the very first one we did. It's been a while since I created the playlist. Okay. But um, the first ones from the, the first video from the St. Louis Pagan Picnic was done as part of the Living the Wiccan Life program that we did. That's what I was just going to ask. Fifteen you. years ago. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, there are a number of interviews in that one, and the 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 the. the for want of a better way to put it, the first celebrity interview from the St. Louis Pagan Picnic was Raven Grimazzi. Um, and as you go through all the years, you'll see, 
you'll see we, that certain people we did a lot of interviews with, certain people we only interviewed once because either they were only there once or um, right. we just never managed to reconnect with them. We have a lot of interviews with Ellen Dugan, who used to come to the picnic every year. We have a, a number of interviews with River Higginbotham, who yeah. is one of the founders of the picnic. Um, and then we have we have interviews from the picnic with people like Elspeth Odbert, uh, Dan Wildruby, um, Selena Fox. Uh, yeah, Selena when when she has been there, uh, Dusty and Belladonna. That's actually where I met yeah. them. Uh, mm-hmm. by, by pure accident. Um, yes. <laughs> it, um, one of my favorite, one of my favorite Bella and, and Dusty stories. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a good story. It is. Um, and, um, and I don't remember now if it's in the playlist or not, but we also had the, the great, Witches and Wizards Trivia Tournament at the St. Louis Picnic, where students from gray school and witch school faced off in a trivia contest. That's very cool. Um, now, now you're talking. And that language. that is on Magic TV. Yeah. <laughs> that that I, I saw that. that. I, I've seen that that video, and it, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and the the winner of the contest. Um. I want to say was was Prater Atter Lupus representing Gray School, uh, but he did he did oh. very well. Very wow. nice man. Although it's been at least a decade ago now, so I, I, I my memory might be faulty, but that's what 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 I seem to remember. That's fantastic. And um, my nephew Jason was the MC dressed as Harry Potter because that, he kind of looks like Harry fun. Potter. Yes. And he made the mistake of leaving his, his Harry Potter tie in my car. And I have worn it ever since. <laughs> That's funny. That's cool. What I like about no matter how big they get, they don't expand. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say they don't expand, what I, what I mean is vendor-wise. They're always yeah. bringing in new talent and they have a different – different honorary guests every year. But as far as the vendor mm-hmm. is, there's 93 spots. And LB yeah. has explained it. And if you watch one of the videos from last year, as Pagan Picnic from the 25th anniversary, when I interviewed him, he explains that why would we want 150 vendors with competition for each other? We want our vendors to do well. Because yeah. In reality, that pick it, it can go for the entire park, and it would fill, mm-hmm. but it yeah. would also lose something. So I like how they how they keep it that way. You know, it's a very it's one of the, I I personally think it's in a perfect spot. It's very easily mm-hmm. accessible. Um, Tower Grove Park itself is huge. It's across the street from the Botanical Garden, which is free admission mm-hmm. to go into. It's gorgeous neighborhood and we noticed something really cool today um the street signs the lights all have Mm -hmm. solar panels on them and i thought that was really cool that is very cool and when the picnic has been in that same part of the park for for many years now but it wasn't always Uh, it started in a different part 
but uh, it's settled into this one, and, and, and it's been a very good place for it. Yes. And it used to be, um, if I remember correctly, that it was a little bit a little bit later in the year and therefore hotter. And so they, they, re, they adjusted mm-hmm. their date. Wasn't it like in July? years ago or more. Yeah, I think it was at one time. Yeah, I think like the third week in July. And if you're ever down here for the third week of July, oh, <laughs> it's hot. I mean, it's hot now. Picnic, uh, <laughs> yeah, this 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 is probably going to be a warm weekend. Um, yeah. But for a number of years, there was there was pretty good weather for for the picnic, and even when it's warm, it's it's still good weather. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes it will rain, and um, it, it's never. Is that what you call that? Undramatic. Just rain. <laughs> hmm. hmm? Just rain? <laughs> yeah, usually it's a, a a spectacular thunderstorm of some sort. Yes. <laughs> um, one Last one year, year we were down it, here, mm-hmm. and um, Ed Ed and um, uh, some some of the other people were staying at a hotel, and I was staying with uh, with Lady Greenell. But during the night, lightning struck the hotel and destroyed the camera which was plugged in charging. Oh. Um, it was very it was very dramatic. Wow. Um, the, that reminds me to let you know, Lori, we had some really nasty thunderstorms rumble through earlier tonight, so you should check on Oh home. well. <laughs> I I I, I, um, I we spoke already. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I, I got some other very interesting news from home, and um, it made Chad and I think about you and our wanting to have a pagan pride up that way. Um, so, I mean, this really could be its own show, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, pagan pride down in Charlotte, from what I gather right now, as of a few hours ago, it was still going to happen, but I think the newest post is it's not going to happen. Um, they were shut down for embezzlement. Oh, the the one down south of us? Yes. <clears throat> so now with that, so, uh, we don't have one in, within the X amount of miles anymore because, because – um, Raleigh because gave theirs. Well, Raleigh gave theirs to um, Jacksonville, uh, North Carolina, to bring it to the East Coast. So that's good because you and I have been talking. I think that's excellent. Because we can do our 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 plan on because we live in Winston or we live in the Winston Salem area in the Triad. Uh, yeah, the Piedmont Triad area. Yeah, well, I'm just focusing on the word Salem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny because when I told everybody that I'm moving to Winston-Salem, they're like, oh, are you moving there because that's where all the witches were killed? I'm like, such a totally wrong state. <laughs> but I'll take it. I'll take it. I, I'm just not even going to touch it now. It's not. That would be Massachusetts. The, 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 that would be up north. This is down south. <laughs> Oh yeah. So now yeah, Old no, Salem no, is no. actually beautiful. Um, 
<clears throat> but yeah, it, it, I was a little shocked finding that out tonight because I'm a vendor there. <laughs> it's a little disappointing. See, and I didn't know yeah. that, that was going on. I haven't kept up with it. But you know, if we could, you know, if we could do, you and I will talk off uh, yeah. off mic because um, we could we could make that happen. And we do have we can also try metaphysical that. places that would probably want to do that downtown. Oh, um, yeah, I've, yeah, we we've got some people that I did not know. That's that's new news for me. Yes, well, I just so, found out. Uh, the links were just sent to me, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Send, send, send <laughs> and between dinner well, then- and now, it, it had changed. You know, at dinner it was. Well, this happened, they were let go, and they're still doing it. And by the time we got back to the room, a new post was done with, uh, no, they shut it down. I'm like, wow. Okay, now, will they change it again because there's still plenty of months away? Um, I don't know yet. Oh, you but might. But now be- that opens me a- up for Jacksonville this year. <laughs> this is. This is Yay. this is a first, I think, on on Pagans tonight. I mean, we're we're usually pretty good at, you know, if you've been listening on Tuesdays, I'm sure they've been talking a lot about Pagan Spirit Gathering with Selena Fox, which is like 15 days away. Uh, so you, mm-hmm. you know, if you're planning on going there, you better get your tickets. And you're at the the uh, the, the St. Louis Pagan St. Louis Pagan Picnic yeah. and Lord Donald be yep next weekend at Three Gates. Yeah. Three gates, and then last week we're at Heartland, and uh, the Thursday night group, the Tree of Life people were at uh, Pagan uh, Unity at Puff Pagan Unity Festival. Oh, in uh, Tennessee. So we try to stay on. Yeah, they they they're awesome. uh, they're usually they're 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 regulars there. Um, That's cool. We were just talking about that because it's really not that far from us. And that's one that I've never even considered setting up a booth at. And it's really not that far. Uh, well, so I'm I'm contemplating that for next year. Very um, cool. Talk to our Tree of Life hosts. Yes. Hosts mm-hmm. with the yes. And they, they will probably get you um, definitely plugged in with that. That's where, uh, that's the fateful festival where, um, Alec, um, Alex Bledsoe met Tuatadea and they got involved with, uh, Tuatadea got involved with the Tufa because he had written the book Hum and Shiver about the Tufas. If you haven't read it yet, you should. Um, and when he, uh, he, I'm going to weave us back into where we need to be. <laughs> so, okay. Old <laughs> um, uh, but he was, you know, there uh, at the the at Puff, and and of course talking about the Tufa, which are uh, like an Appalachian version of the Tuatha Te Danann, and they're very musical in their Appalachian, and their their dark hair and very mystical. And people were like, "You're talking about Tuatha Dea." <laughs> that's where. He met Tuatha and they clicked, and Tuatha Dea um, came out with the Tufa Tales album, which is uh, an amazing album. Um, we're not going to play any Tufa Tales, but um, okay. it's just really amazing because we, we've got you know artists that we want to focus on that we that were either at Heartland yeah. or, or uh, going to be at the the St. Louis. But I'll, I'll reach out to 
to uh, Tuatha Day and see if I can get them on the show this summer. Um, but uh, anyhow, Tuatha Dea has been a force, um, you know, one of the, the big forces in, in pagan music right now. And they're, they're very good with collaborating with others. I mean, they had the, an album, um, you know, and it's, it, it, that was just where they collaborated with people. Uh, and it's like escaping me and I'm going to, and I'm so embarrassed because I love this album. It's got, uh, stuff with Wendy Roll and with, um, uh, not the green album. Spiral. No, no, this is, that was a compilation. This one's one where they do, they're, they're doing stuff with, it's a tribe, the tribe. Um, Right, where they're they're working with Dave the Bard and Wendy Rule and uh, Murphy's Midnight Rounders. They're doing songs with these bands and Spiral, uh, Spiral Rhythm, um, and Celia. I'm, I'm hoping I'm not missing anyone that worked with them on that one and that co- uh, that uh, collaboration album. And then they went on to the Green album, which is a compilation where they they reached out to a lot of different artists of which two of them, one of them was at the Heartland Festival, and he will be at, see, I will, I wove it back. He will be at the St. Louis Picnic. That would be Brian Henke. And also on the Green Album is Mama Gina, yep. a.k.a. Nine is the Bard, and she'll be at uh, the Pagan Picnic. So I reached out to her yes, tonight, indeed. too, to see if we can get her on this show, but she'll – She'll uh, tonight's not going to work for her, but she she's looking forward to coming back on uh, Pagan's Tonight on, on one of our shows to talk about what's awesome. what's going on in the world of Mama Gina. Um, Very now, cool. His, history with with Mama Gina. Uh, I remember her and I talking before Nine Toes was f- fully formed, and she was talking about being a bard and doing all these going from place to place and playing all these festivals. You know what? I'm going to save that story. I'm going to save that story. Because it's really okay. good. <laughs> I, wanted to, I want to go ahead and play some uh, Brian Henke, if that's okay. Very good. Since yeah. he will be there. Um, so let me see. I'm looking for, for a Brian Henke song to play, because we have a lot of them, a number of them, and I'm trying to debate on yeah. whether I want to play the – um, let's go ahead and play Raven King, which is the title uh, song from the CD, The Raven King, and has a lot of uh, a lot of the people who um, are also on the Green Album helped out with this song. So this is Brian Hankey and Raven King, and he will be out of the taking pictures this week.
Brian Hinkey, Raven King, again, the title cut of the CD, Raven King, on Pagan's Tonight Radio Network. And and I was thinking, you know, when we were talking about putting the show together for tonight, I said, I'm going to play that song because it's got, like, a whole bunch of people on it. And I don't know where my CD is because now I can't tell you who's all on it. 
So I have to have oh. as a guest to remind me. You'll have to ask yes, for him. There you go. So he's, he's amazing, isn't he? You, you were lucky enough mm-hmm. to yes, have him, you know, right there. To, to, that had to be I, such a good weekend. I, it had to be. It was. It truly was. So I talked uh, talk to Brian has all the best stories. Oh, he does. He really does. <laughs> oh, yes. Did he That's tell you cool. the Some of which we might even be able to repeat. Uh, <laughs> Did he tell you the Norwegian wood one? Did he tell you the Norwegian wood story? No, I don't think story? so. I, okay. don't, I, don't, I don't think you'll so. Have to. You'll, I don't know if he repeats that in public. Wood. So it's a Beatles song. Okay. I once had a girl. Yeah, you'll have to. And it oh, came yes, from he Canada. did. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he did tell that one. <laughs> you'll have to tell tell Laurie tomorrow when you guys go. I gotta let you. You know, we gotta let you guys get some sleep before the the thing. When when does it start? Do you know? Tomorrow morning. Uh, it starts at ten. So the the we'll have to be there earlier. Seven. We have to be there earlier to finish shutting up. Uh, the tents and everything are up already. A lot of the vendors do go in on Friday. They they do provide security, so a lot of people do completely set everything up. Um, since we have a lot of books and stuff and papers, we did not do that because you you never know when it when it's going to flash flood a storm here. So we will get there probably like nine, a quarter to nine tomorrow morning. It opens yep. up to the public at ten. Um, if you're not a vendor this year or you've never been to the St. Louis Pagan Picnic and you think that you might want to come, check them out at paganpicnic.org. Um, as Lord Don said earlier, Magic TV has tons of footage. From yeah. the last twenty something years, from at least the last seventeen years, um, some really wonderful interviews with people that just aren't there anymore or that can't make it anymore. So it's a really great thing. Um, workshops galore from seances and shape shifting and fairies. Um, Aaron Dillard will be there this weekend also. I love her workshop. She's so much fun. And for those of you yeah. that don't know Byron Dillard, she's the Asheville Village Witch. She is from North Carolina, my now new home state. Yay. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. The <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. she's really good with granny magic and a lot of women. Oh, yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, and we, we've had her... I was telling Liz about the the show that we had or that we were talking about, like crone, crone magic oh, yeah. and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. Yeah, got very colorful. Lots of talking about vaginas, and, and it was it was yeah. interesting because we talked a lot about you know the the physical menopause changes and in. changing right right. We did, and we had a and, lot uh, of men in the in the chat room that night, and they were like, "This is interesting. I didn't know this stuff." Right. So we need to quit hiding. It's amazing. I, I believe Lord Phoenix know. came on. Yeah, yeah, I believe Lord Phoenix joined us that night, and he's like, "Wow, well, blah blah blah." And yeah, it was a really great show. Uh, I had the pleasure of interviewing her and videoing some of her workshops from previous Pagan Pride days down in Charlotte, 
and in other areas that we had both attended, and she's just wonderful. She is great to interview. She very photogenic on the camera. She just flows. I mean, we sat there. She did a workshop as she cut up a turnip for all of us to eat. It, it was. It, <laughs> you have to watch it. It was from last year. It, it was really good. <laughs> yeah. She's she's an interesting person. She's in and uh, I'm and trying her rituals to. This is what are, I, are fabulous. She will be doing a big closing ritual tomorrow. Uh, Sunday. I'm I'm hoping this is the intention I'm putting out. The intent I'm putting out, and I, I tried to put it out last week for Heartland. So so this is this is attempt two. This is this is I'm setting you, I'm setting both of you out as the emissary for Pagans Tonight. I want to have Byron to have at least a once a month show here on Pagans Tonight, because she has a, a background cool. in radio too. Yeah. She's done radio as well. And it would be very neat if we could get her to, you know, if we can explain, kind of like how we have uh, Jason Mankey on here. Um, right. He he's, he goes out to a lot of these festivals and and, uh, and he does workshops. And, you know, that's also, you know, with Selena, one of the things that the selling things points that we have here on Pagans Tonight with all the different people we have is, is we allow people to, you know, to teach to, to not only teach their workshops, but to, we've got, oh, I lose track of how many years. We're coming up to 10. We've got like mm-hmm. almost 10 years in the archives of people who've passed as well. Right. You know, it's, you know, it's I kind of look at the, we're not, we're not the Library of Alexandria. <laughs> we are not that. Yet. Yet. But as, uh, yeah. You know, it's podcasts, it's pagan podcasts, and and having um, a uh, a catalog, a library of audio mm. uh, classes and and resources for the entire pagan community. Um, you know, this is this is amazing thing that Witch School has has you know created for everyone to have access to have this community. I mean. You know, I talk about community, but also it's about about teaching. So, but yeah. there you go. I, yeah. I, I kind of went off. I didn't quite go off on a tangent. I kind of did because obviously, <laughs> if you, if you want to to really experience community, it's nice to be able to sit at home and we're here twenty four seven. But right. being yeah. able to go out to a park with Hundreds, thousands, how many people show up to this, do you think? Uh, three to four thousand, I believe. Yeah. <gasps> three to four thousand. Wow. It's, mm-hmm. it's, striking. it's huge. Yes. And I mean, that's over, over the course of the two days, but it, it's quite the event. It is. So if you're listening and, and, and you have and people come circles. from long distances. Yes. Yeah. It, it, and exactly. People do come from all over. <clears throat> they do drum circles. They do opening ritual. They do closing ritual. Aside from the workshops, they do have your performers. And um, they do try and, aside from having someone well-known, they do try and give spots to local talent. <coughs> Excuse me. Or if not even local talent, new talent, I should say. 
and so that's a, a great thing. So, yeah. or yeah, you, you, people have a shot to get up on stage and perform. And the the gazebos are beautiful. The performance area. It's is like a oh yeah. They're like bardic circles, right? They're they're like where you know yeah. you can share yeah. a story, share a song, share a poem. Yes, that's cool. That it is so is cool. Very well, cool. I'm sitting here in North Carolina still, so I'm not going to be able to be there this year. But you know, if you're listening to the show, you're like, oh man, but that does me no good. Like you said, but it does the next year. year. So there right. you go, next year. And it's always the first That's weekend it. in June. So you can always work your calendar around it. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. And very, very cool. I was talking to Mama Gina earlier today, and, and she hit a deer in broad daylight that jumped in the middle into the, oh the interstate oh and no. totaled her, her vehicle. She has oh. another vehicle now. She's safe, but the deer didn't make it. It was, it was, you know, it, it did jar her. Of course, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to kill animals. Obviously, right? Uh, just you know, with yeah. our vehicles. Um, but I was like, I was like, I you had that happen smudge. once, except the deer fell out of the sky. <laughs> I know that story. <laughs> okay, that's good. There's that's good. Story. Not every day a, a flying deer lands on your your vehicle. It's it's serious. He's not joking. <laughs> what happened is it came over an overpass. Yeah. No, oh, the sleigh. It was a driving rainstorm, and it couldn't see where it was going. <laughs> Oh, and it left over the guy. overpass and down onto my van. Yep. Wow. Wow. I want to. I want to give everybody a task. If you can go out and find them. This is an actual real thing. Um, there's some woman who called into a radio station in North Dakota, and she was complaining about where they, where the the uh, the department, the highway department, and all was putting the deer crossing signs. Because they were putting it in very, uh, oh my God, very inconvenient areas, and she felt that yes. they should put them elsewhere. And, and, you, and, and you know, she, I she, always thought you mean somewhere other than where the deer are crossing. Exactly. No, she felt she felt that if they put them somewhere else, that that's where the deer would cross. Like it was the signs. Yeah. Like the deer would say, <laughs> oh, "Oh, okay, I can go here." And, yeah, we won't inconvenience these people. Let's inconvenience those people. This was a big thing. I want to say it was about three or four years ago this happened, and it hit every yeah. single major radio station. And, I mean, it, it was viral. at first, yeah, at first they didn't think it was real. They thought but they were being pranked, but no, she was serious. Yeah, it, it, she was serious. She was really <laughs> serious, and that's kind of scary. <laughs> Uh, I I'll think never her name forget is it was Donna. on one hundred. I don't remember her name, but I remember um, Elvis Duran did a skit about it on Z one hundred in Manhattan, and he really thought he was being pranked. Yeah, it's it's an interesting, <laughs> but it, it was awesome. But it's, it, it does start that conversation though, because I started when I saw that, then I started seeing how in Europe they're making these these overpasses that are like. 
um, like something out of the Carcassonne game. Um, it's uh, like it's uh, terrain, if you will, an overpass mm. of like grass, right. and and it looks like a hill, so wildlife can cross. And I think that that would be, Ooh. you know, that yeah. would be something that I could get behind. I'll have to see if I can That's find cool that. Either that, or they Vegas fall off and land on somebody's car, and they think they're falling from the sky again. <laughs> One of the interesting <laughs> things when I went to Africa were the baboon crossing signs. Wow. And it was as normal to have a baboon crossing sign there as to have a deer crossing sign here. Wow. I would imagine. Unfortunately, it was not baboon season, so I didn't see any of it. Well, I was thinking fortunately because baboons are not as docile as... That's true. <laughs> especially during baboon season, uh, you know, they're, they can be kind of, from what I've heard, they can be kind of mean. So it'd be wow. cool to see them. Yeah, you, you, you let them do what they want to do. There, there was exactly. a temple lady who said that she had accidentally left a window open and come <gasps> in to find two baboons in her kitchen shopping as if they were at a supermarket, going through, through the cabinets <laughs> and taking what they wanted. Oh, that's and hysterical. she left them because they will eat your face. Yeah, it's like, okay, we're not stopping you. Have a good time. <laughs> I'll be exactly. in the next room waiting for you to leave. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is interesting the the you know, how we try to coexist with, with wildlife and then you know, sometimes we're in our, our own little worlds and we don't realize that this is not just our world until, uh, boom, a deer comes from the sky or <laughs> yep. runs into Yeah, the exactly. <laughs> it's so, like yeah. Santa lost, well, uh, lost the reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was going to go into the, the Mama Gina story, but these stories are actually uh, fascinating as well. <laughs> but... What we, I told, we have to have uh, Mama, Mama Gina, Gina on and go through these stories. <laughs> oh, definitely. Well, what I told Mama Gina before when she was like telling me about, you know, the hitting the, the deer and everything is I'm like, wow. And then I, you know, she's going to St. Louis and I said, you need to smudge yourself in St. Louis because it was two years ago. She had actually right. was at, you know, she was visiting my house about two years and a month ago. Um, right. And she was on her way to another show and she, she came and stayed the night here and it was really nice meeting her. And um, she was telling me about this, this, um, this character that she felt, you know, cause she has some, some amazing music that she does undertaker's mm-hmm. daughter and, um, and uh, you know, called the, the, the due North. Bam. I think we did. Wow. That's never happened before. Right in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> I'm sure she'll be right back. We're sorry, I'm everyone. Sure well. So anyway. She, uh, <laughs> she mentioned the Undertaker's daughter, and I immediately thought of the Undertaker's horse. Oh, which is a um, it's a poem by Kipling, but it's also an album by Leslie Fish, who set a number of Kipling poems to music back, I believe, in the 70s, possibly early 80s. And a really cool album if you uh, 
Well, you, I don't think you can find it now, but it's on YouTube um, okay. if you want to listen to it. Very cool. But uh, classics like The Undertaker's Horse. <laughs> I think and Seven and Dogs. The we and They. This okay. is The Undertaker's so, Daughter, though. Yeah, I fell off. I, 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 I thought so. Okay. You, you dropped off earlier. It was my turn. Um, no, right. hers is the Undertaker's I don't even daughter, know if anybody she... realized I chopped off. <laughs> um, did. We I did. Um, uh, but the Undertaker's daughter, she was she was an Undertaker's daughter, and it's mm. you know, it it was it's a very um, interesting song about the the cycle of life and and how her relationship with her father and how that. Uh, impacted or influenced her relation with her son, her relationship with her son. Mm. Um, right. But, but but those are like really, you know, deep and those are some really interesting, you know, like due North is about uh, the Florida bear hunt, you know, some serious, mm. uh, wow. serious subjects. But then she's like, Pam, I, I have this, this, I want to, I have this character inside me that wants to come out. That's, that's playing, uh, that wants to sing like sometimes naughty songs when the kids aren't there or sometimes funny songs. And um, she says, I, I call this character Nine Toes the Bard. And she, in fact, she even played in the song that I'll play when, when, when we end the show is one that she played here in our house for my significant other because I call him my paladin. So if you know what I'm talking about, you know mm. what song I'm going to play. <laughs> uh, <Yes. laughs> um, but uh, she said, you know, I have this character that's coming out. And two years ago when she hit the picnic, she got really sick. And, um, you know, they had brought her into the ER and she, she ended up, she ended up losing her toe. So I, I know I'm kind of laughing at this, but, but it's, it's not funny. Well, she I mean, laughs at it too. <laughs> yeah. 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 She does. Cause it, it's ironic because that's the, you know, when I talked to her this today and I was like, you got to smudge yourself in St. Louis. And she says, yeah, this is the second birthday. Or not come up with any more characters that are missing limbs. <laughs> well, you know, I actually have a story about that too. Uh, I'll try to make it as quick as possible, but but you got to be careful with what you say because you you can manifest this stuff. Um, right. My eldest daughter was always very healthy, and she hit middle school and she kept getting sick, like really sick, like. She had mono, and then she had mono again, and then she had, you know, pneumonia, and then she had pneumonia again. And she always had really big tonsils when, you know, without having an infection. But after the mono, her tonsils got bigger and didn't shrink down, so she had to have her, her tonsils removed. And she was uh, in hitting her junior year of high school, and she missed so much school that I said, you can't miss any more school unless you lose a major organ. Oh, and, it is not even funny. It happened. And, yeah. and halfway through her her uh, yep. junior year, uh, we discovered that she was born with one of her kidneys had been obstructed since birth. That they and it's not uncommon to not find to to find that. You know, you usually find it later in life when it gives you problems. Like you know, here she is, sixteen mm. and a half years old. 
and her, her and they they told me about what was going on and and uh, she had to lose her kidney, <laughs> so I don't do that anymore. No more you're not going to miss any more school unless you live in Oregon. Right, not going to happen. Uh, yep. But we've got to be careful. We're not and, talking you know, organs. Have, we're not talking limbs. Right, right. Well, and you don't know how much of that is 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 your manifestation or you getting you know the echoes of because you know there's yeah. things that I could look back and I could see that I as a mother as a young mother and and she was you know a newborn that I was trying to tell the doctors that they weren't listening to me. And it was kind of like the universe. So that's a weird story. Anyhow, I like nine toes, the bard stories better. She, they're, they're much funnier. (laughs) (laughs) Than a, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, yeah. My daughter, she lost her kidney. Yeah. Not funny. You can't, can't laugh at that. It's, no. You can, but it but people and yet look we at just you. did. <laughs> I know. Yes, well, that's true. <laughs> oh my God, are we well, horrible? No. <laughs> no, it's it's like gallows humor, and it's how you I how know. people process things. Um, because I remember we went into the doctor's office, and he even had it too, because it was her right kidney, and he says, "So we're getting rid of her left kidney," and the look on my face. Was just like what kind of doctors they send me to, <laughs> and then he starts laughing, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's cruel. But somebody told me that he has this really wicked sense of humor, and I wish I were in the state of mind that I would have, you know, because my dad was, was funny. Like that. <laughs> yeah, he, my dad worked as a medic. He he was in he was actually um, he didn't work as a medic. He was more like radar clinger for mass. He worked with the the administrative cool. stuff at a at a in uh in Vietnam and and in the military later on uh that was his his job in the military and um he but he was always around medical people and when we were in Texas that's where they train people straight out of high school they join the military and they're trained to be medics and my dad was um a higher rank where a higher ranked NCO that scare these poor kids uh and when I say kids I don't mean children because they they've you know um yeah, they've volunteered to to protect our country. So I'm not. There's no disrespect. Um, but but they are afraid of like people like my dad because he's you know higher up in rank and he, <laughs> he eats them for breakfast. So my dad had had a, a, a tumor removed from he had a tumor removed from his shoulder and they had his arm bandaged up to you know up to his torso and. Uh, one of the kids that was going through training said, "Sir, can I, you know, I need to, to, I need your other arm to check your your pulse." And he said, "They cut it off yesterday." <laughs> and the, <laughs> the poor kid. Oh, my I dad was evil. <laughs> uh, so there you go. We're 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 lightening Just the a morbid the family. That's it. <laughs> It, we actually were a pretty morbid family. So there you go. Um, That's funny. <laughs> so forget about all the stories about mummies and, and the Armenian genocide. And <laughs> <laughs> we have it all for you right here in PTRN. <laughs> yeah. It's been a wide-ranging well, survey of culture this evening. <laughs> well, what's fun about 
is. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and, and bring this back to the, and this, I'm actually going to bring it back to the bacon picnic thing is, you know, who else can I, uh, no, who else can we have these conversations with, if not with, with, within our community, you know, right. That's true. That's, that's, that's why we enjoy when we, when we do these shows, I don't know about, you know, with you, with the both of you, but with me, it's like, oh, the weekly conversation with, with Reverend Don and Reverend Lori. We're going to talk yeah. about all sorts of things. Oh, yeah, we have a show we're doing, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's go back to the show. But that's what it's like when you get to, to hang out with, with other pagans, when you go to the picnic, right. is you can have, you know, people are going to yeah. – if you're wearing a, um, I'm trying to think of a mate like the maiden mother crone, the 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 triple moon thing. The triple moon. Uh, yeah, people are not gonna ask you, what's that mean? <laughs> you know, you'll right. be able to be with our own. So I I I, I look forward to hearing about the the adventures um, there this yes, weekend indeed. and. You know, people who who can make it this year have fun, and if you can't, hopefully make it next year. Uh, PaganPicnic.org. Anything yeah. else that you guys want to add before I play some Nine Toes the Bard, aka Mama Gina? I think we're good. I told you guys. I said I could just give me an hour. Here we are, two hours later. <laughs> two hours later. Yeah. Oh, it's cool. <laughs> it's been a it's great show. It's all good. It has. It's been fun. And uh, we won't be back next week. We make a great triangle. Right, exactly. (laughs) It has been too long. We we take too long of a vacation. (laughs) Um, But it really wasn't a vacation. (laughs) Next next week. Next week is, um, I believe that working with animals is still on break because uh, Lily's got some stuff going on. Reverend Lily's got some stuff going on. I might dig up an old episode of hers. Um, This week and this evening, um, Lady Stephanie went ahead and and gave up the – her show for tonight so we'll we'll have her on next week as well as um mike uh reverend mike sir mm-hmm. mike right awesome um yeah he will have pagan shine so awesome um so we always have stuff on fridays here on um, yeah and let me and then see. the following week after that we get to talk about three gates again and everything that you did cool. there. awesome um programming notes that, that some things that have changed here on Pagans Tonight is the Voices Paganus is no longer on Pagans Tonight and the unnamed path will be moving to Sundays. Um, I'm not quite sure when they will be doing that. I think it's going to be here either tomorrow or the next, sun, the next Sunday here on Pagans Tonight, uh, which is a, a show for men who love men, um, specifically their path, but also for all men which is a good one for Pride awesome. Month, uh, again. And yeah. uh, just the regular stuff going on here on Pagans Tonight. I'm looking forward to uh, I'm trying to, to book a, a, a band that I just heard of called River Hags, and they're going to be fun. Okay. A lot of female. So. Uh, any cool. Three Gates will be the next show in two weeks. Anything else that you guys want to plug? Um, after Three Gates, 
Second week in July, it will be New York City uh, Witches Fest USA, Pagan Street Festival. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit different this year. Um, Last year, she did a three-day event, which was her first three-day event. And uh, this year, she was offered a space where she was able to make um, the workshops free again. Last year, the workshops were quite high in price to attend them. To, um, Hell's Kitchen Hell's Kitchen Market offered her um, a space, which they're grandfathered oh, in cool. in New York City. If, if you know anything about New York City, it's very hard to do any type of vending there. If you're not grandfathered in or you, you're going through hoops to be able to even get a permit for the street. So she's got mm. that. They're doing free advertising for her. So that should, oh, that should wow. be quite interesting. Um, Saturday will be in Astor Place. Sunday will be at the Hell's Kitchen Market. It's going to be a little bit challenging getting from one to the other in Manhattan. Um, so we'll we'll let you know how that goes. Yeah. Um, see if you can get her yeah. back on the show. On um, you know, I she's always a yeah. fun, uh, a fun interview. Star ends fun. So. Star ends a and lot the, of fun. Yeah. Yeah, the two of you when you get together, you get so New York. I know. Now, you know, we'll we'll throw like one or two more people in there. Maybe we'll get Christina to go on too, and I think you'll want to hang up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll start talking about the pizza and the bagels and the butter, and you'll just be like, yeah, we're done. Bye. <laughs> the butter. The, the butter. Uh, okay, so lots of stuff happening here on Pagans Tonight Radio Network. Thank you for joining us. Thank again. It's been too long since we've uh, the three of us have been together to do. Yeah, it has. Yes, indeed. This is most enjoyable. Um, yeah. Well, I hope you guys have a, a, a nice rest and a and a a good time tomorrow at the the Pagan Thank Picnic. You. And we're gonna go ahead and wrap things up with Mama Gina, a.k.a. Nine Toes the Bard. And maybe you can snag some of this music if you go and see her at the Pagan Picnic. If you have your yeah. copy of the Green Album, you can get Brian Henke's signature and Mama Gina's signature if you're collecting signatures Whoa. on the Green Album. I don't have them with me. Um, I didn't bring them. I didn't know. know. I know. <laughs> there you, that's why you need a, a copy of the Green Album to go to all these different festivals to try to get every I, single You seriously do, it. just to get every single person. I mean, we yeah. had Wendy Rule two years ago. It, 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 you're right. You're right. There you go. Fine. Maybe I might okay. buy one tomorrow. <laughs> and it's because Rainforest Trust. Uh, a portion, yeah. 25% of the proceeds goes to Rainforest Trust. Okay. Awesome. So let's do Paladin Schmaladin. I want to be going to bed tonight now. <laughs> I want to be a pirate. <laughs> Here it is, Mama Dana and Nine Toes the Bard on Pagan's Tonight Hi. Radio Network. Good night. How's everyone out there tonight? Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. First, I got to tell you what a paladin is. No paladins. In ancient days, they were holy knights for the church. Yes, they were. They were holy knights for the church. They were badasses on the battlefield. Aye, indeed. And they took all these incredible vows of purity and chastity and nobility. And aye, everyone wanted the paladin on their side in the middle of the battlefield. But nobody wants to hang out with the paladin after the war because they're just killjoys, don't you know? 
soul. This is a song about a paladin who is considering a career change. Call me sir, I wear the white. I'm the champion of all that's right. Noble heart and steady sight. I am a paladin. The monks that raised me had no mother Bible in one hand a blade and the other live like a saint. The church is my lover, I am a paladin. But oh, so many nights in prayer in chapel, begging, please. There must be a better reason to get spent up in my ears, paladin. And explore my darker side And if the lady's willing Gonna rip that by the slide I'm gonna trade my blade for cutlass And get my swarthy on paladin Schmaladin, I wanna be a pirate Ooh, all this living sinless is so incredibly dull I wanna tanker it all the sweetest ale And drink my belly full I wanna trade my My love, she baked me brownies to celebrate Ferris Wheel Day. And I dug in with much chagrin and ate five straight away. She baked them 
eagles and raccoon pelts of fur and claw they dared. Crept past our fire and lifted lids on all the Tupperware. They searched our campsite, stem to stern, they found the goods she baked. They feasted and they drank our wine, left missing in their wake. Well, the sun came up, we stretched our limbs and spied on our ascent. Twenty elves and raccoon pelts hung over by our tent. They strayed for a beer and pancakes, then they staggered on back home. We promised to bring brownies the next time we would come. Boy, you never know how things will go, so bring enough to spare. Make it sweet and make it light and make enough to share. You never know how things might go when you begin your day. My love, she baked me brownies to celebrate Ferris Wheel Day. My love, she baked me brownies and the elves came out to play. My love, she baked me brownies to celebrate Ferris Wheel Day. You're listening to Pagans Tonight. Pagans Unite on Pagans Tonight. Many paths, one network. For over five years, we've been the place to connect with the best, brightest, and most trusted voices in the pagan world. Every night is Pagans Tonight. 